Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A show that looks at Kansas City baseball's past, present, and future. High fly ball. Motley going back to the track. No outs to go. The Royals have won the 1985 World Series. Davis comes to the plate. Strike three called. It's over. They've done it. The Royals are World Series champions. The world champion Kansas City Royals. This is the Kansas City Baseball Vault. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Kansas City Baseball Vault. Folks, we're cruising on the second half of this season. Uh, second half, systematically and not mathematically. Um, I don't even know if systematically is the right word, but uh, not mathematical second half. We'll keep, we'll just call it that. Uh, but we're cruising with the podcast, and so are the Royals, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But first... Of course, I am Jeff Hur, and with me, as always, is the man who is always cruising, especially on a on a nice night like it is now as we're recording. Mike, how are you doing on this fantastic summer evening? Yeah, it's it's nice after all that heat. It's like eighty degrees out, and it's like I know feels really good. Um, it's so nice out. Yeah. So uh, we were talking before we started recording. <clears throat> that uh, this may be a short show so I can get out there and maybe take a walk and enjoy nature for a bit. It's um, good for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I we took nice one before, though. I like to do that, so... It's not my, bad. Uh, my wife, daughter, and I all took one right before the, we started recording, so it's definitely nice to get out and experience nature when you can because it was tough to get out this weekend. I Stupidly, we went to something called Peach Fest, in Weston, Missouri, because there's okay. an orchard out there. Sure. And uh, on Saturday, and the little one enjoyed it and everything. And the peaches are really good. We got a bunch of peaches, but my lord, it was but it's hot. And some degrees out. It was hot. My God. Oh, and it was you know, in the middle of this orchard, so it's not like there's trees and shade. I mean, the peach trees are they're not very big. Uh, or not very tall, I should say. So you know, it's not. It's just right out in the open, and yeah, the sun's beating not, down. No on overhead you. shade or anything. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't stay. Uh, we didn't stay too long. We we picked our bag of peaches, and then we had we headed back. But it was still fun, and uh, Weston's a cool little town. So, but that's not anything I did to do with the Kansas City Royals, who no. have continued. 
playing very well um, after the All-Star break. So uh, let's see. After the break, they are... Seven and three after the break here, after the first 10 games. That'll work. Um, and as that will play, and as we're recording, it appears in the fourth inning, they are tied with the Braves. So we'll see what happens there. Okay. But um, few few things to talk about. I think number one right now would have to be Jacob Junis and the bit of a tear <laughs> that he's been on uh, since the second half of the season has started. So I'm going to pull up... Um, his game log here and he has so in his last three games he has 20 innings pitched only given up three runs 23 strikeouts to seven walks um, with a 1.35 ERA and a 169 opponent's batting average I mean the dude is just on fire he's having he's really you know, whatever he did to take some time off, and I don't, I don't know what he did, <laughs> but yeah, it really worked. And he has been just coming out of the gate, uh, second half of the season, excuse me, just really firing on all cylinders. His slider, uh, which had been, you know, last season when he'd had his struggles, and then early in this season uh, when he had his struggles, his you know he kind of comes and goes with his slider. So his slider hadn't really been working as crisp as it was, you know, at the very beginning of his career when people were getting excited, um, and it was causing some issues and a lot of home runs. But he has since, uh, at least in the second half so far of this season, he's got that slider working back, and it is it's looking good. Um, and from what I've seen. And just he's looking good in general. He's looking more confident up there. He is really, um, you know, really kind of hopefully turning a corner there. And, you know, it's only three games. You don't <laughs> want to make too much about it, but it's very encouraging. And it's what's nice is that, you know, we've seen really good performances from him before. We've seen lots of bad performances, lots of inconsistency, but we've seen flashes here and there. And then now it's like, okay. Nothing that he's doing right now. I mean, the strikeouts are a little bit high, maybe from what you would expect from someone like Junis. But for the most part, you know, nothing that he's doing right now is like, okay, you would never expect Junis to do. So obviously not this good for like an entire season, but, you know, you wouldn't you would say, okay, he can maintain a lot of the things that he's doing right now. Maybe not exactly at the highest level, but he can maintain a little bit of it. And if he can do that and create that consistency, then, um, you know, he, the Royals might have, uh, he might turn into a pretty good pitcher. Yeah. And, and we've kind of said that <clears throat> a couple of different times because he's, he's shown these really good flashes last year, uh, in the second half, he was really effective. And when he was a rookie, you know, his last month or so, he was really effective. And so I don't know, where the kind of the pattern developed and like what adjustments are happening. But uh, recently he's, he's pitched pretty well and the, the slider is really what does it. So I don't know if there's some tweak that he's going through or that he's, he's tried so far. Um, the Royals haven't really mentioned a whole lot about that. Like they, Dave Island seemed to be pretty open to talk about like adjustments that they were making Cal Eldred less. So, so we kind of get left a little bit in the dark, about what they're specifically looking at, but you know, the numbers look good. And in, in that game where he uh, struck out 10, a career high, all 10 were on sliders. And when he's got it working for him, 
it complements everything else. So uh, he's he's doing really well. He had a part in one of the shutouts. The Royals have two shutouts since the second half started. So that's cool, considering that they were just so bad in the first six weeks of the season pitching-wise. Uh, to see them come out and have a couple of shutouts and do really well, and the bullpen is generally held up, um, with some exceptions. Um, but some exceptions who won't be around, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, yeah, Junis has been good, and and you know he's uh, I I don't I don't know if he gave up a home run just before the break, but he gave up a solo home run in his two second half starts, and that's the only run he's allowed. So uh, one of the things we talked about at the break was you know him having to control the home run ball and. You know, I mean, I don't think he's going to only give up that one homer, but, um, you know, if he's made an adjustment and that slider is going to be going where he wants it to, you know, he might not reach as high of a home run number as maybe I thought when we hit the all-star break, uh, which is progress. You know, he did that last year where June was just really bad. He went on the DL, he came back, and he was really, really strong. So I don't know if they're just varying the way he, he you know, cools down after a start or you know if he gets a different kind of rest or something but he's pitched well lately and whatever he's doing hopefully he can keep it going absolutely and um you know he's not the only one who has been doing well you kind of mentioned brad keller has been doing really well also and it's something that it's kind of funny. And you mentioned Cal Eldred and we didn't really talk about this on the show and haven't really, um, since he's been here. But like you mentioned, Dave Island was always very open and talking about, yeah, you know, we made some mechanical adjustments and he would even go into detail a lot of times about the adjustments that were made. Um, yeah, like these specific adjustments. Exactly. Which, like, you know, here's what we saw and here's what we changed. And yeah, it's in an article and, which was very refreshing and it was cool, you know, allowed a little insight into how they try and evaluate pitchers, uh, you know, in, in, in a season and, um, you know, how they try and go about, okay, fixing certain things. But, um, with, uh, with Cat Eldred, we have not seen that type of thing. And so it's left us to wonder, and Mike, (laughs) you and I, we were actually discussing this via email last week where we were just kind of like, you know, what has he done? What, you know, we don't know because we don't really hear him talk about too much. We don't hear the players talk because, you know, it, it's not only that Island would talk about it, but then the players would also say, oh, yeah, you know, Dave, you know, Coach Island, whatever, would, would just really um, showed me something that I didn't realize I was doing or whatever. And we don't hear a ton of that about Eldred. And maybe that's just a different way that he likes to, to coach or he likes to, um, you know, try and help people or whatever. But it, and, and, Maybe it has nothing to do with Eldred. I don't know, but it's certainly yeah. uh, you know possible that with the fantastic start of the second season that Junis and Keller have gotten off to, that maybe Eldred was in their ear a little bit on the All Star break and was like, "Hey, you know, this is what you guys need to change. This is what we can really you know help you, you know, get off to a better start and have a better second half of the season." And um, you know, moving on to Brad Keller, you had actually last week you actually called that. 100%. You thought he was going to have a really good, you know, really strong second half of the season. Of course, we're just barely into it and you know, it's too early to 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 make too many snap judgments, but the early returns have been very good. Brad Keller um looks like he's back to that kind of early um early form of last year that we saw that made everyone so excited 
about him. He's just been he's been pitching great as well. So having him and Junis just come out of the gates firing uh, for the second half of the season, that's that's some really exciting stuff. I'm 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 loving what I'm seeing from them. I really hope they can they can keep this up and you know have a really strong finish to the second half of the season. Give them some confidence going into 2020. Yeah, and it is it is a shame that Eldred doesn't seem to, you know, what if uh, I I don't want to just assume well they're just not doing anything because you know his job he's going to make tweaks and maybe he's just not vocal or doesn't bring it up or anything and and you know reporters at this point have kind of learned well let's not bug Cal Eldred and you know maybe it's just a personality thing but there was also a lot of stuff early in the year where you know you kind of looked at everybody and every pitcher had more or less regressed a bit um over the last you know two years and so it's like well does that signal something about Cal Eldred and you know I don't know I I don't know and it's just tough to evaluate someone when you know there's not really a clear uh, discussion of like what his philosophy and approach is. So I don't know, but um, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know if that means that Keller and Junis are, are pitching well right now in spite of him or because of him or whatever, but the end result is they're pitching well. And Keller seems to have made some sort of correct adjustment since his early season struggles where his ERA wasn't bad, but it was very, very, shaky because he was walking such a high number and a high percentage of guys that you know it wasn't going to be sustainable for him to keep runs off the board when you're adding an extra walk you know every five batters and he seems to have shifted down from that so that's that's a good sign and Junis has pitched well and and even Glenn Sparkman who came out and you know what he he made that one start against Tampa in the tail end of the doubleheader and pitched really, really well. And then he turned around and had a couple of decent starts, and then he kind of got hit around a little bit and it looked like, okay, he remembered he's Glenn Sparkman, who was kind of bounced around a few spots since you know, being on 40-man rosters and stuff. And then he came right back and threw a f- complete game shutout uh, you know, right out of the break. And uh, his last start, he wasn't too bad. So... It's kind of interesting to just see how that kind of stuff works out. And uh, I don't know that that means that any of these guys are aces. I, I would say Keller is probably the most likely like high ceiling guy, but mm-hmm. it, that might even be like at his peak, he's a number two on a good team. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, that's okay. I mean, you got him for the rule. There's a lot. Of, yeah. There's a lot. He's of in his in early twenties. Um, and if that means that Junis and maybe even Sparkman are guys who are like three, four, five in your rotation, but they're cheap and they're relatively consistent, you know, that's someone you don't have to go out and get. And so if they can develop and make those steps, that'd be great. Um, the same thing is we, we said a lot of that last year. And we're, if we're still saying it, then it clearly hasn't happened. But right. they haven't fallen off either. So I guess there's still potential. But you know, there's still there's still questions, but it's encouraging. So um, that's something to, that's definitely there to watch in the second half is just to see how these guys kind of continue to make adjustments and uh, perform well at, and build some momentum going into next year and, and learn some lessons and continue to get experience as big league starters. I mean, it's this is the time to kind of mess around with stuff. 
Uh, Junis is generally pretty safe. I mean, the Royals don't have anybody pushing yet on that door. Now, this time next year, there may be questions because you've got, it feels like 37 guys in the, in A ball and double A who, you know, might be in double A AA and triple A next year who are then knocking on the door. But for right now, you know, if he's trying to adjust something, it's a good time to try it. You know, in the second half of a season where you're, I think, still on pace to lose 100 games, well, you might as well try it. Like, you're not going to get much worse. So if it's something that, you know, you change your grip or you change some, you know, pattern in, in how you use your slider or, or which slider, you know, give it a shot. And so far, whatever he's been doing, uh, he's he's been doing pretty well. Yeah, I certainly um... – you you can't argue with the results in the early on. So I and it, you know back to the point you made about how it's kind of unfortunate that Eldred is uh, not as open as Island was with all the changes and stuff. You know, for, if for no other reason than just me as someone who's always been kind of interested in pitching and how people how you think about pitching and how you think about um, making changes and and continuing to evolve your style and all that uh it was always interesting you know just to hear how that process kind of plays out at the major league level so it's kind of unfortunate that we don't get to hear that little that kind of nugget that that inside baseball little piece of it if you will which was always kind of fun yeah and it and it's like what they do you know for whatever adjustments you kind of knew that okay well maybe if this guy's struggling you in the past, you kind of felt like, well, maybe Island can find the, the fix. And sometimes he did, and sometimes he didn't. But you kind of, I guess, to me, it always felt like there was a process, and now it's not as clear of what that process is. Not to say there isn't one, but you know, we just don't hear about it. And I, I'd be interested in hearing that too, just because you got guys like Brady Singer and Jackson Cower and and Jonathan Boland coming up, and those kind of guys are going to run into struggles and I want to kind of have an idea going in. Well, what's when, if, whenever they hit the majors, if that's two years, three years from now, what is that process going to be to make those adjustments? And, you know, what are we going to be able to kind of keep an eye on? And, you know, I, I'm, it's just not that clear, which I mean, nothing, nothing says that they're obligated to make it clear, but you know, it's, it's always nice to kind of hear that stuff just to have an idea and, and kind of keep an eye on it. But, you know, if that's just if that's just a Royals thing, a Cal Eldred thing, well, not a lot you can do about it. No, so, I don't know. <laughs> is what it is. But yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, wish we got to hear a little bit more. But uh, you know, not only and, and it's 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 really kind of funny because when we talk about and you mentioned kind of how things were going early on in the season and all that and and we were kind of talking about this before the show. It's a little funny because, you know, early on in the season, a lot of their, um, you know, they were we were talking they were losing all these close games, right? They were losing all these one run games and couple run games, but then when they would win, you know, they'd be pretty convincing. So it kind of gave them this weird, and we talked about it a lot, especially in the first you know month or or so of the season, where because of that and how their run differential shaked out, the um, their Pythagorean win total was skewed quite a bit. And so yeah, they're you know, like the, seven games the, off. <laughs> yeah. Which that is, is pretty steep. fair. <laughs> and it, so it's really, uh, 
it's like, you know, what's the cause of that? And it's because, well, the Pythagorean win total idea is based on, you know, mostly it just it's just the run differential and how that calculates out to how many wins you should have, et cetera. So it's kind of that's kind of a little quirk of it that can happen that way. But now, at least out of the, you know, the, the first 10 games back out of the all star break, it's been a bit of the opposite that they've had. So, um, you know, they've they've won some decent games, but the, their their losses have been, you know, with the exception of last night, um, they're only, they're only, they've only lost two other games, so you can't really, uh, don't have too much to look at, but, you know, they lost 12 to 8 and 10 to 5, so pretty convincing losses, but then they're winning, you know, they won 1 to nothing in one of those shutouts, um, yeah. they won 6 to 5, they've won 7 to 5, they've won, you know, they're, they're winning a lot more of those closer games, because not only do you have players like, Junis and Sparkman and and Keller that are pitching better and pitching longer into games, but then the 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 bullpen is picking them up as well, and maybe part of that is because there's there's less stress on them because the the pitchers are going longer. You know, it's six, seven, eight innings per outing now instead of four, five, or six innings. So there's a little bit less stress on them. But you know, also some of a pitch, you know, some of the bullpen. You know, we talked about Deekman last week and how he's you know a big big trade candidate and then we've talked about Ian candidate uh, candidate <laughs> Ian Kennedy and how he's done well uh this season he's actually um at least last I heard last night or the night before um Kennedy was tied for the league lead in saves since the all-star break um yeah he's got six six of yeah, the seven wins so, he's I mean he's been he's been doing really well to make they sure. went almost the whole month of May without a save. I think they had one save on the first and one save on like the thirtieth. <sighs> like just ridiculous. Same. Yeah. It's like yeah. So. Yeah. But Kennedy's been doing fantastic in that role as of late. Uh, so it's it's really been um, it's kind of interesting, you know. And shoot, if I didn't know any better, if I didn't know any better, Mike. I would say the Royals were cruising for a 15 out of 20 stretch here at seven and three <laughs> more than more than possible. Uh, now it God, does still bear... have to go eight and two to do that. I know though, right? how nutty is that? It's crazy. It is nuts. Uh, but it does bear Jeez. mentioning that the seven and three stretch they've been on is fueled by a six and one stretch. Um, from four games against the dreadful Chicago White Sox and three games against the even more dreadful Detroit Tigers, both of yeah. whom can challenge the Royals legitimately for being a worse team, record record wise or not, uh, in the Central Division. So now they did take one game away from Cleveland and they uh, you know lost another game by one run. So they were in that series, uh, or they were in. Uh, two of the three games from that series in Cleveland is, you know, they're in second place right now. They're a solid team. So, you know, we'll see Atlanta's one of the best teams uh, in the national league right now. So we'll see kind of how they, how they measure up there in Atlanta. Uh, and then they have Cleveland again at home for a four game series. So, you know, this little stretch here after those first seven games, uh, these next um, nine games are against good competition so they can say okay are the, they may just, be humbled <laughs> yeah were they were they just fattening up on some of this lower uh lower competition or or were they you know are they legitimately kind of turning a, a small corner and becoming a little bit more competitive <coughs> um and interestingly enough it was kind of funny i was hearing uh on 
eight ten on the way home, Sarin Petro, who's in the afternoons now. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, bit of drama. Yep, we won't get into that. But no, I don't look it up if you if you care to. <laughs> but um, the uh, so he had Jason Stark on, and Jason Stark was saying how interesting it was to be like the twins right now. Uh, he actually compared them to like Gonzaga in basketball because hmm. the twins are in a division where there's essentially only two teams that are actually trying to win. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and Cleveland was trying to trade a bunch of guys in the off season just to cut their payroll a bit, which was yeah. like, now they're in second place. And it's like, well, that's karma. Yeah. There. Don't, so, you know, your window's open, try to win in it. And, uh, no, they don't want to. But, yeah. But the Royals, the White Sox and the Tigers are all just, um, objectively bad baseball teams at this point in time now you know most current yeah. 10 games for the royals notwithstanding looking at the, the season as a whole those are three just very not good baseball teams um and you could probably argue in all cases that they're not you know i don't know if you say tanking but they're 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 looking towards the future we'll put it that way right. and you can uh, tell by their their offseason moves the last two years they definitely were not trying to win a division. Yeah. So, you know, the twins have won like 61 games at this point, but who knows actually how good they are. Cause they've been playing those teams. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, let's see 18 games a piece for three teams. So that's 54 games that they're going to play that's over the course of schedules against, against very objectively bad teams, three teams that may combine for 300 losses. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, who knows how good the twins are? We'll see when they get to the playoffs because they're going to come. You know, you can't hide once that time comes around. Yeah, you still got to play Houston or New York or in Boston, maybe or you know whoever else. Yeah. But uh, it's so that's kind of interesting. That's just an aside. Uh, we never do those on this show, though. right? Yeah, <laughs> a very a very rare off the rails segment for this show, right? <laughs> um, but to get back to baseball, if you will, oh, bringing it back. Last season, bringing it back, the back to baseball. Back um, to baseball. <laughs> man, that's been around for a long time now that I think about it. That was like the first year that I was on the show. That that well, happened. yeah, you had to do that because at that point it was you, me, Troy, and fake Ned. Yeah. And, <laughs> Someone and had still, to bring that was still order an ice to that house chaos. When Gunnerk was there too. Yeah. So, man. And he wasn't going to interject. That's I mean, true. He didn't. He didn't care what we did with our show. I mean, yeah. He cared. Well, he wanted us to do a good show, but he right. didn't care how we did it. The content of it, yes. That was, yeah, that was our job. Because that was uh, was that Ryan Verdugo and the Harry Potter, I think. Was oh, yes. Track. Oh, man. <clears throat> it probably would have been worse if it wasn't for the fact that I'm, I'm not really a Harry Potter guy. I've never read the books or seen the movies. or I've seen the first one, but I'm not just – I don't care for it all that much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it was something like Star Wars, I probably would have just – joined in Lean and had a right discussion it. Yeah. um since it was harry potter making a note back of that to base. i want to find that episode now <laughs> <laughs> so anyway back to baseball back to baseball um, the uh so even with the um you know pitching doing well the the offense has been doing well also i mean we keep talking about Jorge Soler, and the dude just keeps hitting dingers. Two yeah. more since we had our last show. He's got 27. 27. 
on the year. And we're not even, we are 100, we're 101 games through the season. So he's got 61 games to hit 13, 12 home runs to have um, the outright Royals record. Mm-hmm. For a single season, 13 home runs. So just one piddly little more home run than the 12 to get him to 40 and finally put that to bed. Okay. Yeah. That's about a homer every five games. Yeah. Not, not that's, hard at all. You know, I mean, the Royals had the you know, last year, the chiefs, they had one of the lowest, um, single season records for, um, passing touchdowns because the road, the chiefs hadn't had a franchise quarterback in decades. And they got Mahomes last year and he had one of the best seasons ever. So yeah. that was laid to bed. So now let's do the same to the home run record. Let's get the four Oh, put that up on the board. I want to see it. I want it here, Mike. I want it. I, I do too. I'm, I'm not as fervent, but I do <laughs> also want that. <clears throat> Cause it's one of those things where you're like, okay, at least for me it was, where I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's certainly the Royals can't be the only team to not have a 40 home run hitter. And then I looked it up, and sure enough, they were. <laughs> and, yeah. and how many times have we, we mentioned that, by the way? the one to, When you ever think, like, the Royals can't be the only team, yes? Yeah. Yes, they can. Yeah, they are, yeah. Oh, they, they absolutely oh. can. Oh, my. Yeah, and <laughs> okay. they did that while, while being in the middle of the steroid era. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those were some of their worst home run years. They pulled in the fences during God. the steroid era. They pulled in the fences. They still couldn't and they do had it. They had, them, to... they had to move them back out because the other teams were hitting too many <laughs> home runs. They had Jermaine oh. Dye and Carlos Beltran and Mike Sweeney at various points. Couldn't get to 40. Couldn't get during to 40. the steroid era. Not that those guys were on steroid. I don't think any of them were, but. Still, the only, uh, maybe this should no, one thing's for sure: no Royals players were ever suspected of being on steroids. But the only one that I recall, <laughs> the only that one even, that was, was Jason Grimsley. Grimsley, <laughs> yep. I was like, <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> of all the things, the Royals had a pitcher accused. Of, I mean, pitchers were just as equally anyway. right, but a pitcher who wasn't even really good. No, and and then. Um, he, uh, I think the, the the most interesting factoid about him, of course, was that he was like friends with um, was Mark Tremonti, the lead guitarist for Creed. You remember the Creed, the band? I remember Creed. I don't rem- I don't know the name of anybody other than Scott. Stop. But because I remember Stapp? Scott Stapp, yes, the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but because uh, I remember one time my dad, um, I was a Creed fan in high school. I'm admit it. I'm okay with it. I'm comfortable. But uh, the uh, my dad, I remember, he went to a game one time and he came back and he was like, he's like, yeah, did you know Jason Grimsley's friends with Mark Tremonti? And I was like, uh, no, because I guess he just <laughs> randomly showed up and sang the national anthem or maybe he played his guitar for I don't know. But um, so, yeah, that was an interesting little interesting little tidbit to know and share with your friends. Okay. There you I, go. I had no idea. <laughs> So yeah, there. And I mean, I just looked it up just just because I was curious. But uh, Moose for the Brewers right now has 26 home runs. Okay, 
So he's in the same realm. Yes. Ori Soler actually has more. So even if the Royals still had Moose, Jorge Soler would be on a on a more torrid home run pace even even now. And uh, he's got more RBIs too, interestingly enough. Look at that. Good for you, Jorge. But Yeah. <clears throat> hell, hell of a year. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean that's kinda and he's got that he's got that batting average up to two fifty one. That's not super impressive, but like if he you know, he's starting to take more walks now and he's starting to be uh, when I say more walks, you gotta understand I'm talking relative <laughs> to the putrid Yeah, walk it's, he's a he royal <laughs> in the early season and for the Royals. He has um, more walks than strikeouts in the second half so far though. Yeah. Now, granted, he's played, uh, let's see, 23 more games than uh, Hunter Dozier, but he has the same amount of walks now. Granted, 40 more strikeouts as well. But hey, that's uh, that's something. That's something. So, but he's hitting 251, right? 327, 523. I mean, if you can give that slash line and hit 40 home runs, and he's cruising for. Um, you know, 90-ish RBIs, I mean, damn, that's a pretty good year. I'll take that 100%, you know? Yeah, especially when it's been so much waiting on him, and not just as a Royal, just in general, just baseball. Yeah. Like, he was such a phenom and never really saw it come together until this, well, I'd say last year, but he got hurt. He had, you know, freakish broken foot. I mean, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, that kind of really derailed his season. But, you know, he came back and he's played every game so far. Yep. Pretty impressive. And we, we were we were really I remember that was one of the things that, you know, you and I were most disappointed about with him last season when he got that injury is, you know, I really we wanted to see if he could continue that kind of pace for a whole season. And the season's obviously not over yet, but for the 101 games that we've gone through so far, he has continued that pace. So that's really encouraging to see. And, you know, the Royals still have a couple of years more of control on him. And um, if he can just, you know, he's, he's starting to be more selective at the plate. I mean, 327 on base percentage is, you know, it's not super impressive, but it's nothing to sneeze at either. And I would certainly, for the way he started out the season, I would have thought that he would be, you know, lucky to have an Alcides Escobar type line <laughs> with a uh, OBP above 300. But, you know, again, that was one of the things that along with the power, he was supposed to have a very discerning eye at the plate as well. Mm-hmm. And that hadn't really shown itself either. But, you know, now maybe since he's shown the ability to hit so many home runs and he's um, a little more comfortable at the plate, maybe he's starting to be a little bit more selective. Because if you're going to go if you're going to have one swing and you're going to swing for the fences every time, you might as well make sure it's your pitch, you know? Right. I mean, why not? Right. I just looked and <clears throat> so Lair played in 61 games last year and has 101 games right now. And mm-hmm. in those 162 games, it's nice that it works out that way. That is. Uh, he had, he had nine homers last year, 27 this year, so that would be 36 in his last 162 games. Look at that. So it's right in, so right per, in the range. Per 162 games, he is a Royals second place all time. Yeah. Home run <laughs> record runner-up. 
Jorge Soler and Steve Balboni. Yes. Mirror images. Mirror images. In home run hitting. <clears throat> um, but, you know, he's not the only one because uh, who's been hitting well. Because Hunter Dozier, who is now fully back from injury and, and looks like he's um, you know, fully acclimated back, he's doing well. He had the, the Royals they, in the shutout. They won one nothing the other night. Hunter Dozier hit a home run. He was the winner in that. He was the, you know, got the game winning run in that game. He's got 15 home runs on the season, 53 RBIs. He's got a 917 OPS. Now, Mike and I were just just looking at stuff before the show, spitballing a little bit. And uh, we actually went back and we were like, okay, when was the last time that somebody on the Royals finished a season? with an OPS above 900. Mike, why don't you tell them? Give them some highlights and then tell them what we found. <laughs> some some um, highlights, and I use that in, in massive air quotes, by the way. Right, yeah. I mean, we got into territory of, like, there was a 783. Like, Alex Gordon, the Royals went to the World Series. Alex Gordon led that team in OPS with 783. Mm. <laughs> okay, weird. Um no, the last time the Royals had someone with an OPS above 900, it was Carlos Beltran, 2003. He had a 911 OPS. Uh, the year before, I didn't jot it down, but Mike Sweeney had a 979 or something like that, right in the heart of, you know, the juice ball era. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's 16 years, though. Yeah. They've been fairly close. Hosmer had 882 in 2017. Billy mm-hmm. Butler in 2012, the, the country breakfast season. Yep. Um, he Gordon had was 879 in, in 2011. Yeah, so, I mean, they were... Uh, they flirted. You know, they flirted em- with Emil it. Brown, 815. Oh, that's not close. Oh, that's not close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mid, yeah, mid-2000 Royals stats just don't... You best just skip over the whole... Just skip yeah. over the whole thing. Except for Beltron in 2003. And I guess that's Sweeney in, in that's early. I would consider 2003 early 2000s. Mid two, we're talking mid 2000s. Yeah, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, just forget that's it. Probably forget mid, the whole yeah. damn thing. You yeah. don't want any. Um, don't now, so that's you know, and something that, and you would you would mention this right before we started recording as well that, you know, the most encouraging aspect about Hunter Dozier is. He goes on these little stents where it looks like, okay, maybe he's been figured out. He goes into a slump, and it's maybe this is it for him. And, you know, it's midnight, and now he's a pumpkin again. But then he comes back, and he keeps making adjustments and more adjustments, and he gets back on track. So, you know, and, and not only is that encouraging, but what's even more encouraging about it is it doesn't seem to last that long when he goes hmm. into a little – I think he had like a 10-game stretch – um, like early June-ish maybe, now that I think about it. And that might have been the longest time that he seemed to kind of scuffle for a little bit. But, you know, even that, you know, people have bad 10-game stretches all the time, yeah. even good hitters, you know. I mean, because we remember, you know, as much as we all love Hosmer, everyone remembers the downturns. And, I mean, those would be a whole month where he just yeah, did he, he nothing. Like, oh, May, he just did not. He grounded out to second. 400 times yeah or just you know sometimes even like six weeks or something and then when he'd bust out you know he'd be a world beater and so it would all kind of even out when you look at the season as a whole but uh so hunter dozier has really shrunk 
those um, kind of down spots, which that's super encouraging. I mean, that's I have been. This is absolutely the most pleasant surprise that I've had this year is seeing Hunter Dozier develop into a legitimate major league hitter because, you know, for the way he was acquired, which with how they were kind of just the Royals wanted to move his slot money to Shambania when they drafted and then people were, you know, and I remember Lesky saying it a lot like, man, he's got really good bat control in the minors. Like he's, he's seems kind of like that professional hitter type um you know, kind of ambiance about him, if you will. And, you know, there were a lot of people that kind of said that and that he could be, end up being a good hitter and it could, his skills could play well. Uh, so it's, it's fantastic to start to see some of that and see it for a, a prolonged period and see him make adjustments and come back. Like I've been super encouraged uh, about Hunter Dozier and I'm now to the point where I think he can definitely be a part of this team moving forward as opposed to just kind of a, let's see what we've got. Stop be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Through it all, he's just hit the ball hard. Like, even the first couple weeks of the season, I think he went, like, 15 at-bats without getting a hit or something like that. But he was hitting the ball, like, 95 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour every time. And it's just guys happened to be there. It happened to – he hit it on the ground or something. Or it just didn't carry to the fence. Just stuff like that. And, you know, if you continue to do that, eventually that ball is going to find its way out. And it has, clearly. And – he really hasn't hit a lull in that sense because he's just been hammering the ball consistently all season long, and and that's where those good results come. So, you know, whatever he's been doing, he just sticks with it, keeps hitting the ball hard, and, you know, whenever he hits those slumps, and some of them, like I think he might have had a stretch where he struck out. This might have been that early June or, or kind of territory where it was like he just struck out like, I don't know, like twice a game for like four games in a row or something like that. Just a little rough. Um, but then he, he came right back and he started hitting again. You know, fortunately went on the DL, but then, or the IL, and then came back, was a little slow to, to get acclimated again and, and started hitting the ball hard. And in the second half, he's uh, got six extra base hits in 10 games and an OPS over 1,000. So, um, that will work. You'll you'll live with that. So, yeah, really, I mean, he's one of those guys you just kind of forgot about, you know, didn't worry that much about. Like, ah, oh, maybe they'll get something out of Hunter Dozier. Um, but, like, he looks like a guy who can hit regularly at this level. He's got good speed when he does get on base, and he's all right defensively. So, I yeah, I think the Royals don't really have anybody who's going to push him off third base at this time. So, I mean, he's got a shot to be that guy for the next few years. And, you know, he doesn't have a ton of service time. So they've got a chance to just see what they have with him until someone pushes him off or he, you know, plateaus and falls back or, or, you know, maybe he progresses even more. So interesting player the rest of this year and going forward um, and a surprise too. So a really pleasant surprise. I wasn't sure there were going to be, those kind of surprises this year and uh the royals kind of got one got a, a guy back so that's pretty cool and he's like it's almost appointment at bat tv just because when he does connect man that ball goes crazy so <laughs> it's pretty awesome like i think he hit one of the hall of fame the other day 
But, you know, going into the season, we had thought, okay, Alberto Mondesi, he's a guy that is going to take that next step and really solidify himself as a player and a very good player in the major leagues. And for all intents and purposes, he's done that. But that was kind of it, you know, as far as what the, what we expected from players. And it was just kind of an eye towards the minors. Um, and, you know, I think maybe even down into the low minors where maybe the yeah. most exciting prospect was Suthi Matias in terms of, you know, hitters that the Royals had coming in the next few years. But so, yeah, I absolutely, you know, agree. It's just, it's been such a fun thing to see him develop and become, you know, a legitimate major league hitter. I mean, all-star candidate type hitter, you know, on a better yeah. team, he would have definitely garnered a lot more all-star attention. So that's pretty awesome. And like you said, he just he hits the ball hard. And I, I think what what really helps him out is, you know, he's kind of the opposite end of the Jorge Soler extreme where Soler is trying to hit the ball to flip in Omaha every chance he gets, <laughs> um, which is fine. It's working out for him. He could hit 40 home runs. Yay. Uh, but, you know, it really seems like Hunter Dozier is the opposite, kind of that George Brett type approach where he's like, I'm just trying to put some good wood on this ball. And if it goes, it goes. And it's gone out of the park 15 times and he's just making a lot of really solid contact. And it seems like that's what he's focusing on first. And then the rest is just coming on its own, which, you know, I think that's great. And it's just, man, it's been really good to see. I really hope um, he can keep it for a full year and that he just, you know, that the Rose have found themselves a really good player. It's, it's, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, they usually don't get that break where the guy you kind of give up on actually comes back and develops into something. Yeah, right. You know, I a mean, a lot of times when that happens, they it happens on another team, and the Royals kind of lucked into having it happen on their own team this time. So, hey, what do you happy know? Happy with that. It's yeah, great. it's about I mean, time. Case case in point, the man who's been uh, who we talked about being called up a little bit ago, Bubba Starling. You know, he was, you know. We the, the book is yet to be written on him, of course, but you know, if he same kind of deal, if he turns into uh, turns into something after the Royals had given up on him, basically, that's awesome because that never, like you said, doesn't seem to happen. He he and Dozier are almost the same age, by the way. Let that sink in for a second. <clears throat> so, um, and speaking, we yeah, and Bubba the, had his first home run, so that's that's true. cool. He did. Good for him. Uh, 783 OPS since joining the big leagues, which I think he was like one for his first eight at-bats. So he adjusted pretty quickly. Yeah, he's hitting 286 with a 355 on base and 31 plate appearances. I mean, I'll take yeah. that. Hell yeah. Yeah, for, considering know. what he ever did in the minors, like that's pretty much like, hey, you know what? Yeah. If nothing else, two weeks, he's had pretty good showing so far. So Yeah, definitely uh, take what he's done so far. Um but I did mention Alberto Mondesi, and I did we. I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, or if it had even happened yet. But he's on the IL, and yeah. not looking good. It's uh, what's the? It's a shoulder. What's shoulder the exact subluxation? Yeah, I can't. Which is like, but... I guess it's when the shoulder comes out of the joint, but not fully. And which like, I guess is better. Go back if it fully I... came out. I guess. I, I, mean, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about any kind of tears or surgeries or anything, so there's he's got a chance to 
still return um, as soon as they say surgery. I mean, that's going to be a season. So if that happens, right. you know, well, there it is. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's just going to be day to day until they decide to shut him down or if it's not so severe that he can actually get back on the field. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it back or not. So we're still kind of waiting on that, which, um, his number is like, he's, he struggled a little bit more, but when he's been really good, he's been really good. And defensively, he's been solid as anybody at shortstop this year and still leads the, the majors in stolen bases. I think it'd be cool for him to come back and get that. But I don't know. I mean, it's there's not a huge reason to push him unless he's going to be 100% healthy to go. Like, if it's like 50-50 or 75% or like he can go, but with restrictions, it's like you're probably better off just shutting him down. Yeah, not yeah, like, it's not Why worth do you want to season. mess with his shoulder this year when you're 37 and 64 and, you know, there's not much to play for? Um, you saw what you probably wanted to see for the most part from him. You know, you saw flashes of really, really solid play. Uh, he got a little bit better at selecting pitches to swing at. He adjusted a little bit. You know, it sucks if he's hurt and gets shut down, but long term, you know, he's had small injury things throughout the years, uh, mostly the back, but, you know, it's like, why would you want to push a shoulder? <laughs> like, that seems ill-advised. So I think they're going to stay pretty conservative on him because it's, you know, it's the last week of July. There's not much reason to push him to go full on, especially when you got got you know Nicky Lopez can play short. Uh, they called up Umberto Ardiaga, who's played very well at short. hasn't hit great, but he's played excellent defense over there. Uh, and they have guys Jackson Flores and Eric Mejia can play shortstop who are in Omaha, so they're not really compelled to try to rush him back, and they really shouldn't if he's not going to be healthy, but. If they haven't said anything about surgery, you know, at this stage, it's I think that happened on Wednesday, maybe. I don't remember when that happened. But, you know, if they haven't said it by now, it's probably going to be okay. But that's not a reason to, like, rush him back and push him on the field uh, if he's not going to be 100%. You know, maybe if you come mm-hmm. back in September – where it's a little easier to give him every other day off or give him, you know, every third day off or something and just finish out and making sure he can get his at-bats, that's a little better. And if that just means he misses August, okay, well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they should probably be pretty cautious with him uh, at this point. But that being said, if he can get back on the field, it'd be really fun to watch him continue to play. But yes, no reason it absolutely would. Issue. So no, no, definitely no reason on there, but it is unfortunate because similar to, um, not exactly similar, but a little bit similar to, uh, Soler last year with the way Mondesi has played, you, you would like to see him get through a full season, you know, with, you know, minimal games missed and everything so that he can just, cause at this point he's 23 years old, one of the youngest players on the team, uh, if not the youngest um, Brad Keller is about the, is the same age, but anyway, regardless, they you might know, be exactly the... the same age. I think they have the same birthday. Oh wow, that's fun. 
But there's uh, something like that. Anyway, I don't, I don't know it, that yeah. for sure, but there was something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I can check right now. Now I'm curious. Now you got me curious. Let's see. <laughs> so Adalberto Mondesi, born July 27th, 1995. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, Brad Keller, born July 27th, 1995. You're right. Yep. There, there we you go. go. So they are so both 23 go. and 3. So their birthday is next week, both of them. What do you know? Crazy. Well, there you go. Crazy. Unfortunately... Um, probably not as, as good of a celebration for Mondesi as he's recovering. So, but yeah, you, you just, it's, it's a shame because you want him to get a full season under his belt. You want him to, to get through that grind and really show that he can do it and, and just get that sensation of knowing what it's like to go through a full season. Um, so, you know, unfortunately he'll, you know, he'll, I, I, I do think he'll be back this season, but you know, it's not going to be the same. He'll get maybe a hundred games, so um, so that really sucks. But outside of that, you know, things have been pretty positive after the All Star break. It's for a team that was just so um, unfun to watch for the majority of the first half of the season. It's been a nice little surprise, you know, to to see some positive things happening as um, as we've come back from the All Star break here. Yeah, I mean, and there's going to be even more coming up in the second half. I mean, we're uh, by this time next week, the Royals will probably have made some moves or, or be very close to it since the trade deadline is on the 31st. So um, I don't know if they're going to have a whole lot to trade, but I do think that like like Lucas Duda is definitely probably in his last week as a Royal just because there's not much reason to do anything. Like, God, there's I no point of him being on the team. And he's not playing well. And Ryan O'Hearn is playing well. Ryan O'Hearn's got he's slugging like eight fifty in his last two weeks in Omaha. So I mean like that's not even an exaggeration. It's uh eight twenty nine since July eleventh. So uh pretty good. So he's probably gonna be coming back up at some point. Brett Phillips is hitting well down there. He has Hit 341 since, uh, no, that's O'Hearn. Looking at my notes wrong. Uh, since May 25th, uh, so basically the last two months, uh, Brett Phillips is a 312, 432, 645 line in Omaha. Um, and he's cut his strikeout percentage basically in half. So <laughs> considering what he can do for you on defense with his arm and with his speed, if he's gonna, you know, like make contact and hit the ball for extra bases, that's exactly what you hoped you'd get when you traded for him last year. So, um, I expect he would come up. Uh, Jake Diekman is definitely in his last week as a Royal, just because mm-hmm. he's got the Dodgers, the Nationals, the Phillies are all interested in him. He's pitched pretty well. His strikeout rate is, you know, super high. And you know, if you want to just use him as a situational lefty. He's going to be super effective for a playoff team. So he's going to bring something back. The whole point of signing him was to trade him. You know, that's why he's here. It just happened that Brad Boxberger, also signed for that reason, wasn't very good. And Willie Peralta brought back, also for that reason, not very good. Um, just got designated for assignment and released uh, just within the last couple of days. So, um, but Deekman survived and he's going to get traded for something. I don't. 
I don't think you're going to get a whole lot for him, but the Royals will get something for him, and then that will probably bring up Richard Lovelady. Uh, Josh Stallmont's already been called up. He hasn't made an appearance yet, but uh, he's been, you know, we've heard of him for the last couple of years. He's been high in the Royals' prospect rankings. So uh, a lot of these guys are starting to come up. And, you know, once you start getting past the trade deadline, you're probably going to have some open spots, and the Royals are going to be ready to evaluate some of these guys over the last two months of the season. And then you get into September, and it's like, well, you can bring up a whole bunch more people. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how some of those guys, you know, who are returning to the big leagues after some time, you know, love ladies come up a couple of times. Phillips has been up a couple of times uh, to see how they kind of perform. And then, you know, some of those guys like Stamont and uh, maybe get Kyle Zimmer back up and give him another look and see how they're going to do. So, I mean, there's a lot to kind of keep in mind uh, over the next you know, two months of the season, um, you know, the Royals are not going to be good, but they're going to have guys who are at least interesting and, and compelling to kind of keep an eye on. So it's going to be a little bit more fun to watch. Yeah. It's a lot more than, you know, watching Brad Boxberger and Homer Bailey go out and pitch on given days. Like they're just, you know, they got something for Bailey, you know, that, that was, that was nice. Um, they didn't get anything for Boxberger. Okay. And they'll get something for Diekman. And, and maybe Ian Kennedy, but the Royals are going to probably have to eat more money than they would ever want to to get something of of note for him. Um, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think Diekman's the only guy they trade. Um, a lot of people are really, really adamant that the Royals trade Whit Merrifield, but they're, they're not going to get the deal that he's worth. No. They'd just be trading him just to move him, you know. I mean, if they think they're going to be good in the next four years, they want to have Whit Merrifield around for that. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, prospects don't always hit. It's nice to bring those guys in, but the Royals have, especially pitching-wise, the arms that I don't feel like they would need to go out and force the issue unless the mm-hmm. right came around. So it's like if you're sitting on Singer, Cower, Lynch, Bolin, Bubic, why? I mean, why, why, why rush it? You know, unless the yeah. exact deal you want to have comes around. So I just, I think Deakman's the only guy that gets moved. Duda probably gets DFA'd. That's probably it. Yeah, I mean, I think we compared it last week to, you know, if you were, if you're happy in your current job, and mm-hmm. somebody is, you know, oh hey, do you want to have this other job? It's like, well, you know, give me. 50% more than I'm getting paid now. It's like, well, not many places are willing to do that, but there's a reason that you're asking for that. If because one you're will. Yeah. yeah. So why the hell not? Worst case scenario, you just go back to the job that you were okay with anyway. Yep. So that's where the Royals are. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's going to be too many crazy things. I think we all expected Deakman from the day he was signed to be traded. I think that's likely to happen. Um, oh, I guess Hamilton will probably get traded too. Yeah, but that'll be for, for yeah for not yeah. that'd be cash. Yeah. I mean, they got a hundred thousand dollars for Terrence Gore, hey. and they send him to the Yankees, which was about nine hundred ninety nine uh, thousand nine hundred and ninety nine or nine hundred. You know, I thought they'd get him for like a dollar. Yeah, than yeah. You thought they would get whatever him. the math is. <laughs> I thought he would. I thought they would only get a dollar. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, which is common. Whenever there's cash considerations, it's usually like a dollar. Yeah, just it's just we're just trading him because yeah. you know we're not going to that procedurally to, release him. And you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to deal with waivers and all the rest. Just take. Yeah, it. just take. There it. you go. Cash considerations. We're just moving. On. I always, so. I always, I always think one of my favorite parts of the uh, of Moneyball is I don't know if this actually happened or not, but um, when. Brad Pitt as Billy Bean was working out a trade deal and he's like, and I want you to stock my soda machine for three years. <laughs> and the, the other GM was like, are you serious? Three years. It's like, I just sure. imagine that kind of stuff goes on a whole bunch that we don't even hear about. So but. could be, I mean, I don't know how much money that would be, but you could, you could make that part of a transaction. Yeah. I think maybe, I don't know. Probably. I'm sure you could. Anyway, uh, so I think that's all we have for you. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Mm, no, I think that covers pretty much all the, the major points. Um, you know, we'll have, I think, more news next week when uh, a lot of these moves start to happen, or at least if they're close to happening. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, trade deadline is always fun. It's We talked about it a little bit last week. There's no, like, waiver deadline after july 31st which is weird um because that's usually when that's probably when i would normally think guys like duda and hamilton would end up going just because that's the time when losing teams start you know hey we got to get these guys out of here and you know you get a little better bargain if you're the buying team but we'll see how it works this year i think it'll be interesting um you know, but I think Deakman's the only interesting guy. But you know, in a week that might change. The Royals might surprise me. Yes. Um, okay. Well, with that, I think we'll leave you. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. We love you all so very much. We're we're winding down here on our our, our final season. We've been kind of talking about it by email. Just a just a few episodes left left here. Just a couple of handfuls and. Uh, season's over and then so is so, so is the Kansas City baseball vault <laughs> so uh bittersweet indeed um but we still got we still got plenty of episodes left to um talk about the Royals and you know maybe we'll we'll pull in some few surprise guests perhaps uh, along the way but that's within the next few weeks so um thank you all so much for listening this week and hopefully you listen the rest of the way as we finish out our podcasting careers here um so uh we'll, we'll see you next week same time and until then thank you all so much for stopping by and as always go royals thank you for listening to the kansas city baseball vault you can find us on twitter at kc baseball vault you can also find us on facebook under the title kansas city baseball vault and be sure to check us out on iTunes. If you haven't subscribed already, you can find us there as, you guessed it, Kansas City Baseball Vault. If you have any comments, questions, want to say anything, it's a free country. Email us at Vault at gmail.com. <laughs>